Live from the Bill's Famous Cheese Spread Studios in the Downstairs Pub, the Blockout Sports Pod is back on the air. From behind the master control desk in the aforementioned Downstairs Pub, I am your host and moderator for the evening. My name is Travis Carter. Over my right shoulder at the high top table is the big fella, the tuna country Matt Kempf, and bellied up to the bar as always, a man who just last week messed around and got a triple-double, the fabulous <laughs> one, Freddie Benders. <laughs> Fellas, how are we doing tonight? We're Great. good. Freddie, we need to get you some bigger britches, man. Your little dude's starting to wink at me down there. What? Hey, let me tell you <laughs> something. I'm wearing my PGA attire. It's time for some golf. Fred looks like he just walked off the uh, 18th green at Oak Hill. Uh, <laughs> we will be getting into the PGA Championship uh, a little bit later as it teed off today. Um, I want to remind everybody that we are on social media, as always, uh, on Twitter, at BlockoutPod. Uh, on Facebook, just type in Blockout Sports Pod in your search bar on Facebook. Um also wanted to remind everybody that uh, we did a bonus episode last night about the Indy 500. Uh, myself and a good friend of mine, Alan Olinger, uh, broke down a little bit of this year's 500, but mostly just talked about the traditions uh, that are relative to the race and uh, memories that we've had over our time we plan on doing another 500 episode next week next wednesday uh that we will break down the actual field as qualifications are this weekend i would implore you if you uh are a fan of the podcast please seek out uh that episode that we recorded yesterday um it is listed as a bonus episode which i we'd never done before here on the block out, uh, it is, if you look on the RSS feed, it is at the very bottom uh, because it's listed as, as a bonus episode. But with all that being said, uh, let's dive right into this week's uh, big stories uh, relative to the world of athletics. Now, I know Tuna over here is chomping at the bit to talk about the XFL championship game. Yeah, I don't know about chopping at the bit. Uh, Look, I'm not one to brag or uh, boast, obviously. But um, let's face it. That's I, a lie. I pick winners. And um, this was 60% big game Bob Stoops and 60% me that uh, pulled off this XFL championship. <laughs> 60%. Yes. I've so, never seen someone win the freaking Super Bowl and... The small trophy of the XFL. <laughs> well, eat your heart out, boys. It, um, I mean, it was fairly simple. It was Jordan Tiamo was out there doing his best Car Carson Wentz impersonation, throwing to every linebacker he could find. Um, <laughs> total buzzsaw in the first quarter. Yeah, I mean that was just a rough start. It, it was one in the first quarter. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, it's what I do. I pick winners. If you get paid to play a sport, I'm going to pick you, and we're going to win together. That's just how this works. We all I, know that. I have now. a feeling if uh, Travis would have been present and not with a prior engagement, uh, the game may have went a little differently. But 
because I had my caca jersey hanging up at the at the uh, garage bar that we were watching the game at. Uh, I was unable to bring any bad voodoo on to Tuna's team. Well, I'm still waiting to hear from uh, Dwayne Johnson, the Rock himself. I have filed a formal protest that the game had to actually be played in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I'll hear back from him in a uh, very forthright and quick manner. And we'll get to the bottom of this controversy post-haste. Look, I talked to DJ already. We're like this. We're real close. Um, he just told Travis to suck it and mind his own business. That's what Those were his words, not mine. Um, so I don't want to get too much into that. But you can't smell what he's cooking. You do have a uh, a text message from my nephew, Colin, friend of the show, who has been on the air with us before. I'm going to read this verbatim. He said, I want you to tell Tuna on the podcast, congrats for joining the company of the best team in the league, the Orlando Guardians, on beating your D.C. defenders. And I would say that um, that your team and the Guardians are very similar in uh, talent level and in um, the amount of luck that it took for them to both beat my beloved defenders in the championship game yeah I, I don't even know who the Orlando guardians are is that a real team i mean were they were they part of the xfl i don't i don't know well sorry colin i think you're just making stuff up right there but uh i feel like we've got a full contingent of people on the xfl for a 2024 season uh i mean i don't know how you can slice it any other way than i think it all started on the Blockout Sports Pod, that's where the fans from St. Louis started rolling in, and and the fans in, you know, in D.C. and and don't you think Seattle, and the champions in Arlington? Well, I <laughs> I can tell you that I one hundred percent plan on being at a game in D.C. next year, and I want to be in that section where they do the beer snake. I'm going to make that happen somehow. I love the beer snake. I mean, there's nothing better than the beer snake. That might be the coolest thing I've seen. What's What has there been? Uh, I think it was 36 players so far have received NFL contracts to show up to camp. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. This is what we need. We need yep. more of this. Like yep. this, Let it become a feeder system to the NFL. And uh, honestly, people can joke about it all they want. There was some good quality football in this in these games. I thought the games were, for the uh, tons of the games were incredibly exciting. I loved a lot of the different rule tweaks and things that we saw. I loved the uh, instant replay, the um, transparency with a camera in the booth while um, what's his name Dean uh, Blandino. Dean Blandino is doing the replays in real time. I think that's super cool. I love the yeah. You get a peek behind the curtain. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I love the onside kick alternate thing where you go for the fourth and fourth and thirteen. Yeah, or, fourth and or fifteen fourth and or whatever it is or something. Yeah, uh, I loved that. The and locker room banter. Yeah, at halftime is great. The two point conversions back and forth overtimes. Yep. That I mean that's great. Yes. Yep. Yep. No, it was it was a I think by all accounts it was a very successful debut season and I can't wait to see how they 
tweak it and improve it next year. And I think it's only going to grow in popularity, especially if a few of these players that get NFL opportunities end up making squads and they can really build on that. Hey, such and such, the wide receiver for the uh, for the Roughnecks or whatever, uh, you know, made the Dallas Cowboys this year or whatever. It's going to be cool to see that going forward, I think. And you can watch the games on ESPN or ABC, unlike all the NFL playoff games coming up this year where you have to have a uh, subscription to Peacock to be able to watch one of the playoff games. Oh, my God. I'm going to take that Peacock and strangle it. (laughs) Terrible idea. I don't like where that's at. Freddie, you have my – you have my login information. Uh, I do. You can just I use do. that. I do. Oh, you Thank guys are going you. Straight Thank to you, Yellow, Yellowstone. Appreciate you. Um, but, dude, seriously, and, like, I don't even watch movies anymore. Like, good, classic, uh, Oscar-worthy movies because they're all on some sort of site I got to sign up for. I mean, you can't just go watch the movie anymore. I, I don't I don't get it, dude. I'm I'm over all this. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I've got like 50 different passwords that I have to memorize, and I don't know what half of them. Luckily, a lot of them keep me logged in, but if I have to re-sign in, I'm screwed. Well, dude, know. now I'm stuck on Showtime watching movies like, I don't know, Valley Girl or Red Hawk Down or, you know, like old movies because they're just movies that you used to be able to watch. Now you got to hunt for them, pay for them. I don't get it. And all this time, you could get on Amazon and watch Good Rivals, the documentary I keep telling you guys about (laughs) that no one will ever watch. I'm working on that. (laughs) I mean, when you find time in between like Red Hawk Down and Valley Girls, is that the Mexican? Try to fit it in. Mexican versus American soccer thing? Okay. Yes. All right. I, I'm on. They're going to pull it off before too long, and you're, you were not going to be able to find. No, it. I, I do have to watch that. I have that marked down. I have to finish the Nolan Ryan documentary. You uh, still haven't it, finished. I that? haven't finished it, but See, man, it's not, been Derby time. And, I not, mean, I have to finish the, the Nolan Ryan documentary. So I get to finish the Nolan Ryan right, documentary. Right. That thing's great. I've got right. to do it all before college football season gets here because after that, I'm on lockdown again. Yeah, summertime's the only time to sneak shows in because once football season starts, it's there's no time. Right, right. Yeah, because uh, I know that you, as well as I, are extremely excited. I was thinking about this today for the first Big Ten game on CBS. Oh, my god! With the classic music. Dun, da, da, dun, da, 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 dun, da, 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 which you have as your ringtone, and I cannot Freddie wait. Freddie has that as his ringtone, yes. Yes, and I can't wait until they say something to the effect of uh, the interim coach for Indiana University has his squad at uh, heady three and six going into this weekend's <laughs> ball game. Greg Schiano has Rutgers at 12th in total offense and total defense coming up next on CBS it's Indiana. It's Rutgers. This is college football. Oh. Wow, we get some Matt Rule on CBS. Man. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. I'm I have not heard the new music for the SEC, but I tell you what, if something, 
It, it, that, that there's a couple things that get me spiked up during college football season. I mean, when you pour, when you're grilling dogs and burgers, and you pour beer on your hot dog, and you smell that burnt beer, that's one great thing that pumps me up. The other one was the freaking theme song for years with Vern and everybody for the SEC, and it is now switched to the Big Ten. And I, I'll be honest with you, I'm a lo- I'm a lost, I'm a lost. Uh, uh, battle hawk and flowing in the wind without that i, well, I don't know what i'm gonna do fred, poetic. fred i'm i'm i am particularly pleased that you're finally going to get to watch some real quality college football on cbs big 10 in the garage bar all oh, I can't, day oh, saturday oh I, oh I can't wait i can't wait for that harbaugh's pants are gonna be pulled up and tight <laughs> jesus <laughs> Uh, Docker time, boys. Tuna, you have anything uh, else to say to gloat about uh, relative to the XFL? No, like I said, man, I'm not one to gloat. Uh, there's really when you're a champion, there's really no reason to rub it in. Uh, that's, uh, that's there's no reason to even talk about stats. People. They won it in the first quarter. Let's get that right. Mm. Uh, the uh, uh, DC did make a valiant comeback uh, towards the end, but too little, too late. Stoopsy had he had his he had his game plan to get it done early on. Um and DC was sloppy. I mean, there's nothing else you could say, really. It well, was it, it was, was a, a buzzsaw in the first half, big first game quarter. And big game Bob showed up. Okay. So that's I mean, we all knew it was gonna happen. He's got was... two championships now. <laughs> Both big games. Both big games. Both big games. Big 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 games. Well, congratulations to you, Tuna. Don't get used to it because... It's too late. uh, DC is only planting the seeds for their forthcoming dynasty. There's no doubt in my mind. AJ McCarron is right now at the facility throwing balls with his wide receivers, steaming that they didn't make that five-way tiebreaker. With the Rams? Did he sign with the Rams? Well, he should, but I'm not sure. signed a contract somewhere. He's out there maybe with Stetson Bennett. I got to look that up. You know Stetson Bennett doesn't have a college degree? I heard that this week. I think he spent like 28 <laughs> years in college. No college degree. I know he likes to party. Yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> we got a lot in common. I would say. Uh, Keep rolling, Stetson. We're all rooting for you. More power to the kid. Yeah, no kidding. If you can hang around in college until you're 28 years old and not actually graduate, I think you've done a hell of a job, honestly. It's like Van Wilder if he played football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the transfer por- portal has created Van Wilders everywhere. Um, want to move on to another big sporting event that is taking place as we speak right now, which is, of course, the PGA Championship. Um, we here at the Blockout do have a rooting interest, a betting interest uh, in Scotty Scheffler and Chalk. Tommy Fleetwood, um, but as we speak right now, Fred, you want to guess who is winning the tournament at minus five? Well, you know what? I When I got here, someone was getting very hot, and that was Adam Scott, so that's my guess. No, and of course, I've heard of Adam Scott. I'm well aware of who Adam Scott is. I am not aware of who 
this particular player is that is winning the tournament. And who is that? His name is Eric Cole. <laughs> okay. He's minus, he's minus five right now. Well, um, that's cool. I like, hey. Right behind him, two live golfers. Boo. DeChambeau and Dustin Johnson. Oh, God. Who, I wanted to mention something about Dustin Johnson. I'm not sure if uh, any of our listeners or if you guys have heard. His wife's hot? About the. <laughs> yes, she is. Well, and to that point. He announced early this week that he was dealing with a lower back issue. Sandbagger. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you know what the excuse he gave as to why he was having this lower back issue was? No, oh, he got Gretzky, didn't he? He said it was a, quote, bedroom incident he with his Gretzky'd. wife. <laughs> <laughs> he got Gretzky. She put him in the penalty box. Get it, big oh, boy. <laughs> you old sailor, you. Number 99. <laughs> A bedroom incident. An old 99er. Which I found to be totally hilarious, but uh, Scotty Scheffler is uh, two shots back at minus three. Let's go, Chef. Um, Adam Scott finished up at two under. You know, there's a lot Adam of guys. Scott's playing really good this season. Really good golf. Yeah, and I mean, the course played incredibly difficult by all accounts. Especially today. early, early on. Right. Like the first couple <laughs> rounds when that Dude. frost was first wearing what off. What about that picture I sent you of the guys cutting the rough with a knife? I know. I'm like, are you kidding me? And This was on Wednesday. I'm like, I watched it happen live. I'm like... They're cutting the rough with a knife around the bunker. And I sent you guys a uh, Jason Sobel had uh, an anonymous PGA golfer tell him that it was the most difficult course that he had ever played. And which I find refreshing for a PGA championship. Uh, it's, it's not necessarily always like that. And I really look forward to what this weekend uh has in store uh fred is there anybody that you think uh maybe that's a little bit back in the field i know justin thomas i think was two over today rory is one over i mean those are the guys that we tend to see on pga championship weekends making a push towards the front uh do you see that happening this week or do you think it's going to you need to be under par through this first round to to have a legitimate shot. No, I think I think that you uh, just thinking of past PGA championships and, and folks. Just so you know, uh, listeners here, I mean the PGA Championship is kind of a uh, it's a special tournament to people in Louisville, Kentucky, where we reside because it's kind of the home of of, of the uh, of Valhalla golf course where there's been some pretty damn special moments uh we're talking tiger pointing at his ball we're talking the the bob may uh battle sudden death we're talking about zero dark rory 
going right. against Phil in the dark before the storm came, pushing him from behind. And next we're talking year, about the Ryder Cup win that was spectacular. That we were we've been at all of the tournaments. And next year, the PGA comes back to Valhalla. That's right. And so we like Louisvillians when the PGA tournament starts, we. We just take it more serious, you know, like it's like it's our tournament out of all the others. And uh, that's what makes it fun. And I think we all kind of know how that tournament goes uh, in, in on on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I, I do think some people can pop in there I, based on how the course is. Now, I can't really tell you anything like that. I did put a couple bets and I thought I did pretty well. I did t- uh, put a bet on Keegan Bradley. I put a bet on uh, being a, a Ohio uh, kid. I, I, I uh, also a, a past uh, major champion. I put a uh, a bet on Victor Hovland, who is doing pretty well. Uh, I, I did put Me a bet and on Keegan are tied at right. two under right so now. I'm, so I'm excited about that. Um, I was just trying to find good value. I, I did put Cam Smith on there. I'm not sure what he's doing, or and I, I know Jason Day and 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 our hometown boy, uh, you know, uh, Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas uh, he kind of fell off today. Uh, someone else shot six over. Uh, well, who, who was that? that? That's what I'm gonna good get Lord. to. It's, it's, it, you talk about like the flow of, of of golf and how who I think can come come back up. Tony Finau was all over the place early. He was sitting at six over at one six point. Six over, yeah. And he is he's cleaned it up. That's and what he, I was thinking. I think of. he's finished the day at um, two over. Really, right now. Okay. Yeah. So I like him for him to carry that momentum going forward in, into the next few days. Um, it's just finding a groove out there, man. And if he can do that, and also. You guys know that I'm gonna ride with Brooks. Like I, I feel like Kepka was was a little rough today. He missed a lot of lips on those putts today, and plus he had to play with Gary Woodland today, who who looks like he he owns a airbrush <laughs> store in Gatlinburg. And like I know he was like he was in like Brooks's ear while he was trying to putt about like selling like CBD boner pills or something. I don't know what no, was going on he, over there. Hey, he his, it was it was out of control. But he any, was uh, you could tell Brooks wasn't himself today. Anyone that whose sponsor is Wilson, come on, <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, is, is a really you. sparky kind of guy. Totally agree, man. I Jason know. Day ended up shooting six over. Yeah, today. six over today. I know yeah. that, that, and I was not expecting that at all. Coming off a win, I know. I, I never bet someone coming off a huge win in a tournament. Guess I, who else shot six over today? John Rahm. Uh, yeah, he did. Oh, That's... and by the way, while you say that in our in our pick'em pool that we do, our hundred dollar pick'em pool. That we have a uh, shout out to all our crew uh, that's in the pick and pull for entertainment purposes only. For entertainment purposes yeah. only, uh, uh, me and uh, little Jay were not able to be there uh, this time for our two picks, and Travis represented us and jumped in. And I heard that the first pick was Justin Thomas. Surprisingly, no. The first pick was John Rom. Oh, okay. The second pick was us with Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler. The third pick was Justin was Thomas. Just, okay, the third pick was Justin yes. Thomas. So I stand corrected because I thought somebody skipped on Rom. 
but apparently they took him first. I, I thought they took him third. Okay. No, no, he well, he was hey. picked, he was picked first, and rightly so. When I was told that we had the second pick, my thought immediately was, "Well, we're probably going to get John Rom." Because I assumed that Scheffler would go first, but he didn't. John Rom went first, and we jumped on Scheffler. And I think, uh, in the immortal words of the knight from uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, we chose wisely. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I like this. Um, the game from this Aussie guy, Ryan Fox. Um, I, I, I I had no clue who Ryan Fox was until earlier today, but. He's a powerful golfer, man. Getting him out there and the way he was playing early on, because he he was uh he had the early tee time and he battled through those early holes. Uh, he could be a force to uh, make this top ten. I uh, you're right, and uh, I I do like a couple guys like Thigala. I think he's having a great year. Uh, Boy, he I started mean, out hot today. Right, right. I think he's having a good year. How about Chris Kirk after winning that that having not won in such a long time and he won uh that tournament a few um or, or like a month or two ago and he has been in the thick of things uh you got Katayama in there Morikawa is plus 1 and right there with McIlroy and them and he you know he can move at any time so can Shoffley so can Homa even Phil's plus 1 lingering around there with his shades and gum well, um, the big thing is you don't want to lose the tournament on the first day, and all the people that we've discussed that are within, you know, I would say if you're within plus one, plus two, you have a legitimate look at doing something this weekend because I think the course is only going to get more difficult, and, you know, it's a, this is going to be kind of almost a U.S. Open type of tournament, I think. It's going to be wide open. The big, the key to this is getting through tomorrow, making the cut, and then right. Saturday and right. Sunday right. is going to be wide open. So right. you just got to keep your head down tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a real interesting day, man. It's going to be fun. How's the weather looking there? I think it's going to be nice. I mean, I, I think, think it's all gonna, weekend it's going to be nice. Just I think it's going to stay again. dry, and it's going to be cold. And uh, I would anticipate that they're going to make that course, not that they need to make it, but I would anticipate that the course is going to continue to get more difficult as the weekend goes on. Right, right. And I thought your boy, uh, Kapka, I heard him in his presser. I thought it was pretty funny. He's pretty loose, uh, as usual, in the presser. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was funny when they were interviewing him, and he's like, well, what, 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 you want to talk about the elephant in the room? Yeah, yeah. Did I choke? <laughs> yes, I did choke. He goes, well, theoretically, it's choking. I had the lead. I lost it. I choked. Uh, you See, know, I, I, I just like just it because for this one, I, I just like it because he is straight up when it comes to that, you know, and, but he does play mind games and, uh, uh it's, it's. I just like it. I love he's just when he's on in the press conference, you got to listen. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I totally agree. And uh, uh, Phil's the same way. And Travis, what about the Ryder Cup? How, you know, all this Ryder Cup talks popping up where the the guys are all there. They're watching people. 
keeping an eye on it. And and I love that he said, hey, I would I really am, would love to make the Ryder Cup team as a live tour player. Um, I did hear from a couple people that that there were two players, live players, that if they that that the team and the coach would be, would probably let in. Really, who? Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka. I the can one, see that. the one name that came up that probably wouldn't get in or wouldn't be in if he won the last three tournaments. Patrick Reed. is Phil Mickelson oh, and Patrick yeah. Reed. Those two. Yeah. Apparently, Phil has burned some bridges a little bit further than we even think. Well, Apparently. I mean, no, I don't even think it's worse than what we think. I mean, when the Live Tour was first starting, I don't think anybody made themselves look like a bigger ass than that guy. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't um, know. He, and nobody likes Pat, and which is it? It's interesting because Patrick Reed, of course, for a couple of Ryder Cup cycles, was known as Captain America. I know it's so uh, crazy it looking back, but. Uh, I find it uh, repulsive. Yes. I was going to say distasteful to root for Patrick Reed. I would have a hard time doing that. It would be very weird, Ryder Cup. Now, we haven't won on Foreign Soul since 1993. Uh, And I I just think even and dude, let me tell you something. The 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 team over there is going to be filled with with. Players that have not been on that team uh, more than have been. I'm telling you, it and, and the way we look la- the in the last Ryder Cup, we are dominant right now. Uh, but you know, it's just so damn hard over there to win. And uh, it is in Paris. Yeah, I, yeah, and is that I, right? And this is going to be one of the crazier Ryder Cups because of all that, because of the live tour because of all the craziness going on i think that the europeans are reshuffling all their yeah i would think the everything Euros they've would be been loaded up luke donald's tour. there luke donald is their coach correct yes yes and we and and uh uh zach johnson is our coach so um it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out as we move forward in the PGA Championship and the other two majors. Um, I'm going to put you guys on the spot quickly uh, because obviously next week the tournament will be over. Tuna, who do you have winning the PGA Championship this year? Mm, I'm going to say Tony Fino. Freddie. I'm going with Victor Hovland. I'm going to take Scotty Scheffler because we need him to win to win some money. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we're looking forward. It should be a great weekend uh, of PGA Championship golf. Uh, Can't wait to see how the rest of the week plays out. Um, Something that kind of, it falls to the wayside for me because after the Kentucky Derby is over. My attention turns towards the Indianapolis 500. But most people that live here and that are interested in horse racing, and myself included in this, uh, look forward to the second leg of the Triple Crown, which is at Pimlico this weekend uh, in Baltimore. 
the Preakness Steaks. <laughs> and uh, I have to be uh, perfectly honest that I have not followed uh, who is running in the Preakness Steaks this year or what the storylines are, but I know, Fred, that you have. And I thought we would get a... Because I did have a couple people reach out to me this week, and I should tell you this, Fred, a couple people reach out to me and say, hey, Fred was all over the Kentucky Derby. After scratches. And <laughs> we need to know where to put our money in the Preakness Stakes. And I said, well, I don't know right now, but I will know Friday night after the podcast. And so right now, Fred, the floor is yours. Uh, let's break down the 148th running of the Preakness Stakes. Okay, guys, it's going to be real quick. And I say that because no, only one derby horse is running in it, which in my opinion is absolutely a travesty and pathetic. All right, I'm not going to slam the Preakness. It's not the Preakness's fault. But these races have been going on within two weeks for centuries. And for no one to put their horse against a 15-to-1 shot that won the Derby is atrocious to me. Okay? I know that there are other races coming down the line that they can do well in. But this is absolutely ridiculous, guys. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, and you'll find this out tomorrow. First mission has been scratched 10 minutes ago. That's Brad Cox's horse. It was a buzz horse. Uh, it's It won its last race, and that was one of the horses that was somewhat favored to win this race over Mage and give Maj a battle, and he is now scratched. Um, and the reason I say that is, is like, you know, I know horse racing's changed. Horses have changed. They they run way too early now. Uh, a lot of horses back in the day ran seven or eight races before they even got to the Derby. And what's happening is Maj, for example, has just broken that record, that curse that had lasted for years that Justify broke. Uh, only three horses have won the Kentucky Derby, have not ha having not raced as a three-year-old. Um, and it, it, it blows me away that, like, Confidence Game or Hit Show or some of these horses disarm that really ran great races are not even going to get into the post to try to run this this race. Uh, so with all that said, uh, I'm going to go into the horses that I, I that I do like. And, and like I said, I'm kind of bummed about the Preakness, to be honest with you. Now another horse is out. Uh, but before I talk about the Preakness, it goes the same way as the Kentucky Derby. There is a race leading up to it for the Phillies, for all you ladies out there. And that is called the Black-Eyed Susan. And that race is always a special race because there are some Oaks horses, but not that many that are in that either. Uh, but I'm going to tell you who I like. And, and if you all know me, I bet I'm not scared of the chalk, like hardcore chalk, when it is the uh, 
when it is the Kentucky Derby because so many people are betting and the odds are uh, you can win on a on a five to two shot and still get six or seven dollars on that win. When I normally bet races moving forward after that, I try to find someone to beat the chalk. Now, obviously, Maj is my horse. I won with him. I have to stick with him. I'll put be putting $50 on him to win. But uh, in the Black Eyed Susan, the horse I like to beat uh, a couple of the favorites is Merlaza. I'm putting 20 to win on Merlaza, and I'm putting 20 to win on Sacred Wish. Those are two horses that I think you can get value. I think the the odds aren't going to be, I mean, they're still tough, good horses. They're not long shots. But I think, and I'm not going to bet any exactas or anything. I'm going straight for the win and putting the money on that. Um, in the Preakness, like I said, 50 on Maj, and uh, I'm going to do a dollar try box. A couple horses have moved up the board now that first mission's out. We're trying to find out who the pace setter's going to be. A lot of people thought first mission will be. I have a feeling Bob Baffert's horse, National Treasure, will be up there by the front. I'm I was going to ask you about that horse. Yes, well, uh, it look if you look in my book, Back from Past Races, He's been an average horse. He had a setback. He's been in third. He's been in fourth. He's never done anything to get my attention. I'm not. I'm throwing him out again. Uh, but I am going to be putting, uh, doing like a dollar try box or something uh, with some horses on top and the bottom, maybe Maj on top. But I do like perform for the value, a horse that's been doing well. And, of course, the horse that didn't get in the derby that I loved, my closer, and I'm not sure if he'll get around in time, but Red Route 1 is a horse that I loved all through February and uh, March that just didn't run his last race good enough to get up there. They changed his style, they changed jockeys, and he won his last race before the derby. But he didn't have enough points to get in. Red Route 1 will be flying at the end uh, over Blazing Sevens. Blazing Sevens, National Treasure, they're all average horses. I'm still not going to bet them until they show me that they can win. Um, so there you go. That's it. That's what I'm betting. Uh, I do want people to look at uh, Perform and Red Route 1, but I you know, I, I think Ma- Maj has this wrapped up. All right, so... Once again, just to uh, just to reiterate, uh, your try is what again? My try is Maj Perform and Red Route One. Perfect. Now that first mission's out. Perfect. Tuna, I know that you're probably all over the uh, all over the Preakness. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, everyone that he said was all pigs. Um, I'm going with <laughs> I'm going with Nicholas Cage and uh, National Treasure. They're going to bring it home, and that's where I'm at with that. So, go horses, go. There you go. Hey, and and by the way, I think Bob is invited uh, to uh, Pimlico. Bob Baffert. Uh, I only know one Bob. Just a little notation for uh, the horseman there. Saffy Joseph was not allowed. Right. So, uh, still having 
uh, issues there trying to find out what went wrong with his horses on the backside. Right. Well, that's awesome. And uh, for those of you who reached out to me this week and asked me uh, if I had a particular betting interest in the Preakness Stakes, clearly I do not. I'm going to follow Freddie's advice, and I hope that you do too, and I hope that we all make a bunch of money this weekend. And I hope that next week we can talk about uh, all the wins that we piled up on Preakness Saturday. Um, Meanwhile, I'll be counting my national treasure money. Perhaps. (laughs) So that brings us... Oh, Freddie's... uh, Freddie's pouring himself a high noon over there. Yeah, that there. was a pour. What, uh, what flavor of high noon you got over there, Fred? Uh, this one is from the new party pack that just came out. I highly recommend it uh, when it gets hot for the pool. This one carries two of the be- three of the best flavors, guava, kiwi, and peach. Those are the three best flavors. Sounds adorable. If, if you want to throw another one in there passion fruit those are my four faves i don't go with anything else no black cherry no uh pineapple mango none of the stuff tuna likes (laughs) on his fish what What, malt liquor tuna likes mango on his fish who doesn't (laughs) on his red snapper um we're going to move on quickly to the NBA playoffs. We are now in the conference finals. But we have to discuss how they got there. I was just going to uh, just make a quick note that I believe that I'm the only one uh, of the three of us who had who has both of our conference finalists still alive is that or is that not correct tuna i believe that is correct sir that is correct i think we have the nuggets both of us and Mm -hmm. that is it and that's who we had winning it all correct yes that is we all we all we all all picked the nuggets nuggets. and i took the celtics yes you did come out now let me say something and Tuna, you were you have been all over the heat since we first started talking NBA playoffs. And that game last night was so damned impressive. The way that they came back, I think they were down 13, 14 yes, points. Yes. And they came at 13 were, and a half. There was a point in that game where I thought, well, there there's no way that mm-hmm. that they're coming back. But I kept watching it because, as you said, they are such a fun team to watch. They're 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 not a team of you know how they say, well, you've got to have three kind of superstars to win an NBA. They clearly don't have that. Well, so junkyard Jimmy this, is their leader. Is Eric Spolster the most underrated coach in NBA? Yeah. I'm not even sure if I mean, he's, he's never underrated. Won coach of the year, correct? Well, neither is Saban. But I drink. I <laughs> I think that people in and around basketball uh-huh. put him in the highest regard. I think maybe you're right that in the public consciousness that he's not thought of 
on the same level as like a Popovich. And or I'll be honest with you, Kerr. the attrition in NBA coachings is, is, is I can't keep up with who's coaching who. I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to name probably more than six or seven NBA coaches right now. Right, and he's such a players coach. She's young. Mm-hmm. They like him. But whatever. He's been there for a long time. I know, time, but God, man. he still looks like he's freaking. Yeah, he doesn't age. Thirty man. years old. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> age. He looks just like he did when he had LeBron <laughs> and Wade and all them. I know it's crazy. And dude, think about that. It's he, that Miami South Beach weather, baby. He's handled those guys. All those guys. Those those alphas that are all hall of famers and now he's got a whole second line of them and dude let me tell you something i'm a bulls fan i know junkyard jimmy and junkyard jimmy butler is can be tough to handle uh on the side uh, uh away from the games okay uh he's a chicago guy he went to marquette and to know how happy he is there and how hard he's playing and how he was, you know, the well, Bulls, they screwed that all I up. I think but. that Jimmy Butler is one of those players that we've seen mature, not just as a basketball player, but as a person. He's such a leader. You know, over the last three or four years. And you want to talk about a team that blew it. How about the 76ers? Oh, Letting Butler get away from them. I mean, if you uh, add Jimmy man. Butler to, to that Sixers team. Oh, my God. Think about that. Think about that I for know. a minute. And I hope people know that. He was with Philly. Yes. And, it, and, and you know what? He's smarter than most because guess what? He got the hell out. And... Can and I just, Philly is dead. Can I, mean, I, can I say this right now about Philly? I've been waiting because I was going to get on my perch here for about two minutes. Please do. All right, let me name let me name some uh, let me name some hapless, failing, <laughs> pathetic, <laughs> but lovable couples. <laughs> let's start with. I can't wait to hear. Let's this. start with Lenny and Squiggy. <laughs> From Happy Days. Uh, Laverne. Laverne. Happy Days. Laverne and Shirley. Laverne and Shirley. Laverne. Uh, Okay, let's talk about Laverne. How are they hapless? Those guys were amazing. They were, but but they couldn't put the ball in the basket if they tried. I don't know if they could play basketball or not. (laughs) They may be good at the mixer, but that's about it. They could Uh, bowl, I'll tell you that much. How about let's talk about Laverne, DeFazio, and Shirley? Uh, Let's name them two. How about Thelma and Louise? How about Ren and Stimpy? How about Fred and Lamont? Oh, yeah. I have okay. no idea where this is going. How about George and Wheezy? I mean, I'm trying to think of... How about the odd couple? Felix, Unger, and Oscar. That is what Joel Embiid and James Harden are right now. They are absolutely pathetic if Stephen a didn't rip their hearts out the next day i told travis that i was that was the worst showing in a game seven that i've ever seen in my life it wasn't great from someone from two players that play that that are playing for philadelphia of all people of all towns i mean dude Seriously, 
I mean, if you watch that game, James Harden had nine, and I swear to God, he had maybe 17 turnovers. Like, off yeah. his shoe, off his knee, out of bounds. You want to talk about two, and then they quit. After the, at the, in the fourth quarter, they quit. And the third quarter, they quit. The man. third quarter, they quit. And then to see them, dude, it made me almost sick to my stomach to watch them hugging everyone after the game. Like, they wouldn't get their lazy asses off the court. I mean, I see After the game, like, anger. get in the locker room, you scrubs. Moses Malone is ready to show up and knock you out somewhere uh bobby jones billy cunningham i'm just naming people off my uh, michael ray richardson uh dude like are you kidding me maurice cheeks, maurice cheeks. <laughs> i mean it was in like and then the way they came over and hugged everybody like dude you got us it was great i would have walked out on the into that locker room like a freaking I don't know what. It was despicable the way that those two played in a game seven. I've never seen anything like it. And and they got ripped all over by ESP and everything anyways. But I just wanted to go ahead and throw that out there, that that was absolutely pathetic. Doc Rivers, yes, you have a horrible record in game sevens. Ike said that. Uh, he knows, but it is not your fault. You did not do anything wrong to lose that game. It was pathetic. I don't think that any was of this three minutes was reason to throw ricochet shots at Lenny and Squiggy. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> but I mean, Tatum gets fifty-one, and he's over there prancing around, laughing and stuff. I mean, it was give Tatum credit. He came back from a bad game and did well. But oh my oh, god! Oh, he played his ass off, and I mean, he had two of the biggest games in that series. And, and, and you know what? Speaking of him, Travis, how about the way Tatum is like Jekyll and Hyde? Ike has been telling us this on, on the podcast. Absolutely, he he knows, and he hasn't quite figured it out. We think he's just a mama's boy. That's all. But he does come to play. But. Do you know against the Heat in game one that he did not take a shot in the fourth quarter? Yes. Yes. Who does that after they just scored 51 in game seven? Yeah, and uh, you you actually described it perfect. He is a very much a Jekyll and Hyde. We saw it in the, in, in the last series. He's either the best player on the court or he completely disappears. And in game one of the Eastern Finals, he completely disappeared. And if he continues to do that, the Celtics are in real, real trouble. Tuna's pumped. I can tell Tuna's pumped for this conference realignment already. Oh, oh. <laughs> we're going to get there. No, we are. Hey, I want to say one thing. We, I mean, we, we don't even have to dig too much into no, it. A lot of it's kind of worked to. itself out. We have and, to. But it was just early on in the week. There was some no, issues. No, I think it's great. And I want to hear this. We we cannot fit. We got to finish the NBA without talking about Jokic. Right. Dude, are you kidding me? Like, did he have a triple double in the first half? Almost. Uh, of, he almost did. Game one. He almost did. I mean, dude, and and give uh, Davis credit and the Lakers for coming back and making that a game. 
which was pretty impressive. I think they should hold their heads up high. However, newsflash, Anthony Davis, I know you had 40, but, dude, when you go to the press conference after the game, like, do you have to wear sunglasses and look like you're getting ready to go clubbing after you just got drummed? That was the by quietest, Jokic. 40th points I've ever seen scored in my life. Dude, um, yeah. At the end of the game, it's like he scored 40 points and it just looked like he was just getting schooled the entire game. I, I don't I don't know where those 40 came from. But, and, and, they, and Jokic, I mean, honestly, I mean, what's he shooting? 51% from three-point range dude. in the playoffs? That's insane to think about. He it's is insane. a literal one-man wrecking yeah. crew. Like, Did you see that three hit at halftime? That yeah. fadeaway three from yeah. half court? <laughs> With when someone he, in his face. And he doesn't even necessarily have to be playing his best basketball, which – I'm going to make a point here. I think that he's one of those players that his game, because of the way he plays, it travels wherever he goes because he's not necessarily, well, he's not a guy that's going to step back and, you know, shoot fade away. He plays the same way all the time. And it just, his game travels whether he's at Denver, whether he's at L.A., whether he's playing in Utah, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. His game travels. And as we record right now, I believe uh, the Nuggets are down like four here in the first half. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you what. I cannot wait to see how this Western Conference Finals plays out because I think it's going to go six games. I'm going to pick the Nuggets in six, but I think there's going to be some real drama and some great stuff. What do you guys right. think? Uh, I'm saying Nuggets in five. I don't I don't see too much. Um, I mean, LeBron's going to probably have one, maybe two LeBron games, which could push it to six. He's he definitely going to have one. Yeah. Um, other than that, man, the Nuggets just look like the dominant team. They do, and I'll tell you what, there's a name that we got to mention that I'm going to mention on my two cents, the Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Former Laker. Former Laker, playing his Lakers, who who let him go. Let me tell you something, he is the glue to that Nugget team. Every time you hear Jokic in a press conference, who does he mention? A past champion, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. KCP, and that is a really un uh, uh kind of a guy on the uh, the the guy that is the glue for the Nuggets right now, and it's going to be fun to watch him go against his Lakers. Well, I can't wait uh for the rest of the playoffs. I think uh I think both series are going to be wildly entertaining. It it really helped honestly that uh, the Celtics lost Game One because. I thought it had they won game one that maybe that that might become a pushover. But I see now the Eastern Conference Finals going probably six games. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, that could go six or seven. Uh, definitely, I could see if the Heat are going to win that. I, I think it's going to be seven games. Um, I still think the Celtics are going to win this series. <laughs> I, I do, personally. too. If, if, if uh, I do, too, but I really like the Heat. Um, early and like I said, if if the Heat are going to pull this off, it's probably going to go seven. And uh, 
I don't know. They they stole one in uh, Boston, so let's see hey, what happens. That was huge. The big man. thing is winning on those uh, on those road courts. So. Hey, I got a future. Y'all know I have that future bet. I have two future bets on the Heat from way back before the playoffs started. Go Heat! Awesome. Hell yeah. And uh, the last topic we want to get into tonight is something that uh, Tuna had mentioned to us early in the week as being uh, something that he wanted to discuss. And it really right, is rightly a, so. And it really is a uh, it's a conversation that doesn't necessarily just uh, have to do with the ACC or the SEC or the Big Ten. It's something that's happened throughout college athletics for the last uh, several years, and that is uh, conference realignment. And Tuna, I just wanted to kind of open the floor to you and let you discuss, get off your chest what you wanted to talk yeah. about in regards to conference realignment. I'm sorry, I've got some indigestion right now. The Dodgers are down, getting smoked nine to two by the Cardinals. Um, but anyway, <laughs> when you here's the thing: I'm not sure that you guys can can fully understand what it's like when the the words conference realignment go on because you guys are warm and cozy in your conferences that are not going anywhere. There's, that is true. There's this feeling, and Louisville's had it for a while, and, and a lot of other schools have had it too, of being left in no man's land. And this week, earlier this week, we found out what was quoted and called the Magnificent Seven by themselves. Um, a group of seven teams from the ACC consisting of Florida State, Clemson, Miami, Virginia, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, and NC State. And they're looking to see what they can do to get out of the grant of rights contract that the ACC has, which locks the teams down in there until, I believe, 2036. Basically, the only way to get out is to give up your TV rights till 2036 to where all that money would come into this so if clemson was to join the sec all the money they make from the sec tv contract would go to the sec or acc and be split up amongst the remaining teams right now there is a 500 million dollar buyout which is going to be tough to finance that but I feel like there's no – there's going to be if, – if there's a way to get out of these ground and right contracts, these attorneys are going to find, find it and figure it out. And I just see that it's, it's going to be inevitable. Um, and that leaves us to where these schools are going to end up. Now, let me ask you a question. With, with the 12-team playoff coming up and you're, say, North Carolina – would you want to be a part of the SEC? I understand the money's all there. You're going to make a lot of money, but you're never going to sneak in to a 12-team playoff being North Carolina. If you maintain in the ACC, there's a shot you're going to get into that 12-team playoff. Totally. Well, I, mean, I don't understand. They're the second-best team in their division. I think it'd be best if the ACC would just stick together and try to garner a new deal. Jesus, I think the ACC is the best place to freaking make the playoff. I couldn't agree more. Even if it was four teams. I mean, you got teams like Pittsburgh would have a shot to get in there. Um, 
you know, Florida State and Clemson, if they think they're the big boys of the conference, they've got a clear path every year if they want it that way. I don't way. get right. it. This, you're saying this is about television money? It's all about TV money. And now, if Louisville and, – and this is what it, it gives me heartburn just to, to think about it. If this was to happen, where is Louisville going to fit in in the, this mix? Uh, it looks like the Big 12 is probably going to absorb some of the remaining Pac-12 teams and become a super conference there. I'm not sure how big these conferences are wanting to go. And what I don't understand is the TV contract is the TV contract. So the more teams that you bring into your conference, that's more pieces of the pie you have to share. Split, right. Of so course. bringing Oklahoma and Texas into the SEC – that's two teams that they're going to have to split more with. Why would you want to bring North Carolina and Clemson into your conference and split with them when virtually they're not going to add anything to your conference other than television markets? You're going to get the D.C. market or, or the you know, I, with Clemson, I don't even know what market you're going to get because South Carolina already has that. Right. And then with North Carolina, you get the, all the Charlotte and, and all that. Maybe Virginia could come down there and you would get the D.C. markets. But – I mean, look, Big Ten added Rutgers just for the television markets. And Maryland. And Maryland. Yeah. And, and is that working out? Does anybody even care about those teams? And did they do anything to improve the Big Ten? No, we ha- laughed no. and made fun of has Rutgers under, at the start of the show. Has Under Armour done anything for Maryland in the last six years? No. no. And I, I would say that um, Maryland basketball, the argument could be made that uh, Maryland basketball – yeah, as a brand, add something but to honestly, the Big Ten. But, but from a football standpoint, Rutgers and Maryland have not moved. When's the, the last time Maryland made the NCAA tournament? But, oh, just a just, okay, just a couple of years. Yeah, ago. Kevin well, Willard's I mean, done a good job it. since he Le- got there. But reality is, Le- nobody bias. basketball doesn't move the needle like football. That is like true. you're talking right. hamburgers and it. French fries. You're not going to go to a restaurant right. because they have good fries. You're going to go there because they have good but burgers. Maryland has done nothing in football. Uh, no, and, and are that many people in the New York viewing area like tuning in to watch Rutgers get smacked around? No, no. It's very strange that you bring that up. That's, but that's I, I bizarre. just I don't understand this, and it's it's because of the sheer. You can offer this to advertisers. You can say mm. now we have a footprint that includes this, however many millions of people in the New York area. They don't really care if people are actually watching. They can say there's a potential that people are are actually watching. Yeah. And if I'm Michigan and Ohio State, I'm like, okay, so these schools are getting this same piece of piece of the pie that I am. Like, what what are they doing to deserve this? And I think each conference should make sure, like, should follow the money to make sure that that's being put back into these athletic facilities. They need to, you know, because I feel like some of these schools are just raking it in and not putting it back in to compete. That's true. And I mean, re, like Kentucky, Vanderbilt, like what? Wh- those teams, reality, like the more you expand, like adding Texas and Oklahoma, those teams are not going to have any shot of ever winning. South Carolina, Missouri, South Carolina may. They've got some cleaning up to do down there. But um, it's just I think we're getting into the point where it's rich get richer and it's it's going to become an elitist league. And I, I hate to see that. And I feel like it could kill college football for me, which is one of my all-time favorite sports. 
Uh, dude, I, I did not know that this was going on with the ACC. I mean, I thought that everything was hunky-dory there. I, I know that they haven't really been set like the Big Ten is, the Big 12 is, and the uh, SEC. I, I, I thought that they were grabbing their no. people. Well, the problem with this is, is that I guess um, ACC went into panic mode a few years ago. And went on and locked in and signed this big television contract with ESPN. That's what, yeah. That what. So what went wrong? Here's the thing: that contract is so low compared to what these other contract other schools. So are that they were and the pioneers. So long, they said it. And, and the minute they can't rework it now, because right. the minute you open it up to rework it, the minute all these teams can leave. Right. So like there has to be this like there's like this massive like Mexican standoff with all the schools like I'm not going anywhere. The whole time they got their bags packed ready to run out the door. You know, like as soon as right. they get the opportunity. So I don't know. I hate to see it. I think it's bad for the college game. I it's mean, you're horrible. killing you're killing rivalries. Look what happened to Texas Texas A&M for all those years. Texas A&M goes to the SEC. We lost one of the best rivalries in football. Right. West Virginia Pittsburgh. I mean, it just it goes on and on, and like we're gonna lose Oklahoma, I mean, Oklahoma State now. Well, Texas ain't Bedlam. Uh, Bedlam's gone now. Yeah. I mean, but, I know you shrug at that, but that's a huge deal. But by God, we've got West Virginia Pitt is a big rivalry. It I is. Never it's knew. the backyard brawl. That's <laughs> know, one of the biggest rivalries in football. Are you telling me you're not excited about Minnesota and Rutgers? <laughs> yeah. What are they gonna? <laughs> The battle for like a the battle for the toothbrush, the, the Oaken Deli sub. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I I have a big problem with it, and I I think they're going to end up shooting themselves in the foot the larger this grows. Well, and it's it's going to be very interesting to see how this continues to play out because obviously this whole, even though it's been going on now for you know five, six, seven years, however long it's been going on. It seems like now we're almost at that line of demarcation where they're either going to push forward with that or they're going to realize maybe we should take a step back and try to rein things in a little bit because I fear that you're right, that we're on the precipice perhaps of college football especially being almost unrecognizable from what we grew up watching. Yeah, I feel like this is the SEC and the Big Ten basically having a my sports car's better than yours, and then they go buy another sports car, and you go get a better one. It's like they're they're just having this like I don't know, man. Well, it's if machismo uh, shit. If Ohio State and Michigan are driving Lamborghinis, you're more than welcome <laughs> to come to the Indiana car lot and uh, get in the. Uh, ford festiva with us <laughs> i hear you and and and, and honestly like if, if the sec my was just escalate say, is running really well right if this now. opened up and the nobody SEC cares fred was like louisville you can come into the sec we want you that'd be great and we'd make a lot of money but the reality is we would never compete in that league are you and you know me, that are you telling me that the sure tell me greg sankey and the guys over in the Big 12 have made these moves, and the ACC just kind of – they're kind of just sitting there we not – We can't add anyone. I, I, the minute I that it. we add someone, it opens that contract up for teams to leave. 
So like we're like I said, we're, frozen. We're, 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 we're stuck. Yeah. We can't negotiate for more money. We can't add teams. We can't do anything. I get it. I just, you just have a bunch of teams trying to get out of there. But 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 what you're trying to say is why do you want to leave? We can get into the because 12 of, team. Don't you think that the 12 team setup will change all that to where maybe the ACC has a couple teams that maybe make the, but the 12 I think, team thing and then it all kind of go I simmers think, down a little bit. It's I, money. The minute that the, you yes. see the SEC money that these schools are getting what is it? Sixty million is what they brought in last year from that TV contract, right? And the ACC's bringing in what twenty-two. That's a gap, man. It's that's huge. that's a. I mean, that's a monstrous gap, and that's only going to grow for the SEC. So, and that's all that. Forget about all the bullshit. Yeah, they don't the care about winning. athletes and and when you know we want to get our teams in the best position to win. And all. at the end of the day. All that matters is the money. Yeah, absolutely. And it's because it, Roy Kramer said it a long time ago. And it's going to continue probably only to get worse as the amount of money, as the TV contracts grow exponentially like they have been for the last 15, 20 years. I mean, these TV deals that these conferences are signing are literally insane astronomical we touched on it earlier streaming services are carrying a um an nfl playoff game right, right. Now. so the minute stream streaming services start getting into the college game that's more money they're going to be throwing i will cut the line the, the cable only way you'll be able to watch an alabama texas game is to have paramount plus the hell you say like i'm just saying that's a possibility that you need to prepare yourself for yeah, because well, you up you're, in space maybe because <laughs> uh, well, are you telling me clemson ain't gonna be able to get pizzas they ain't got enough money to get pizza. That's all they can afford pizza is pizza. Parties. See, they're eating pizza. Bam is down there eating lobster. We're eating wagyu beef, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tuna, yeah, that's a be- great point, Tuna. I mean, I think that, God, we need to keep an eye on that. I yeah, mean, we really uh, do. It scares me every time because the thing is, once it starts, especially it's snowball. Really starting like to the minute that it, steam. the snowflake falls, it turns into a damn avalanche in the matter of like months. Right. So, um, yeah, that's all I got. Maybe they got something up their sleeve that we don't we're unaware of. Even though, like you said, they are locked. Maybe. Maybe there's something else they do. Hey, the ACC. I know basketball br- doesn't bring what college football does. We all know that we're college football psychos. We know. But if you could ever say that a conference is kind of the king leader, and and I know that's kind of getting old because C- Coach K's gone and da da da. But but the the ACC's always been the hammer as far as basketball's concerned. Yeah. Uh, and like you're saying, that's not going to help you. Not a bit. Well, roll damn tide. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and that is certainly something that uh, we will keep an eye on going forward. And especially as we get closer to uh, college football season. I want to throw it around the room quickly. Fred, do you have any Final thoughts of course I for this do. weekend. I'm sure you do. Champions League. 
Soccer, UEFA champions, the club championship. Folks, we have a championship game, June 10th, 3 o'clock. Internationale, Internationale Milan beat Milan 1-0. In their aggregate, they won 3 to zero and in this net and that was the second leg and in the second leg of the sim, other semifinal Manchester City destroyed destroyed Real Madrid as a Barca fan I'm so happy to say that uh destroyed them four nil folks this game was such a blowout in the first half some of there are six, maybe seven Real Madrid players they said had never touched the ball. I don't know if you can fathom that in a soccer game, but that is called time of possession. And uh, they dusted them four, four nil and uh, to a five one aggregate. And now for the championship, UEFA club championship, uh, it is Manchester City who will be at high odds versus Inter. And uh, that's going to be a blast. I can't wait to watch it. Uh, some of the best players in the world are on that field. And that's something we can break down as it gets. You said the yes, game is on June, June 10th. 10th. Yes. Perfect. Freddie might be on the beach then, but uh, I will make a conference call. And uh, call you guys, uh, maybe for the show, and say hi. Awesome. Tuna, you have any uh, final thoughts for tonight? Yeah, if anybody's a baseball fan out there, um, there is appointment television. Um, a young right-hander uh, for the Miami Marlins goes by Yuri Perez. Uh, six foot eight, throws in the high 90s with tons of movement. Um, he pitched today, actually, six strikeouts through five innings. I think this kid's going to keep getting better and better. Um, and there's just something about the tall, lanky pitcher that wears his hat a little cocked to the sideways, <laughs> has a little swagger. They just look more intimidating on the mound. But, yeah, this kid, uh, he could be – I hate to jump the gun, but uh, I think he's going to be something special and, and get a chance to watch him. I know Marlins are tough to find on TV, but when you can – Look, look for him and watch. Who him. does that remind us of? Who was the past Indians pitcher that went to the Yankees that wore his hat a little sideways? That was a stud pitcher, big dude, huge. CC Sabathia. CC Sabathia. That's who I thought. Mm. Right when nah, you this said guy, that, they don't look nothing alike. No, man. this guy's well, a bean yeah, pole. But CC yeah, CC looks like he drinks. Uh, yeah. You know, CC about five likes beers the Golden the Corral a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> that that uh, Golden Corral. Uh, restaurant of the ACC. <laughs> God, that one hurt. We've got Bojangles, damn it. Get off our free back. Free crab legs, free crab legs, all you can eat. Uh, we do want to thank everybody for uh, listening. I uh, want to remind everybody, if you have not found it yet, look up our uh, Indy 500 episode that yes. we dropped last night. It is called The Greatest Spectacle in podcasting great stuff uh we will have another episode of that uh next wednesday um thursday we will be recording as normal uh to drop on friday 
Uh, looking forward to this weekend, uh, the PGA Championship as the NBA playoffs uh, go on. Uh, thankfully, we're done with the XFL. Thank God. <laughs> but we do want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please tell a friend. And I want to say that for the big fella, the tuna, country Matt Kempf, and the fabulous one, Freddie Benders, my name is Travis Carter saying so long, everybody.